Hey, welcome to episode 76 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Stephen Stiles, and I can't believe we're already back with another episode. And let's not waste any time and jump right into one of the main topics this week, which is the Edmonton Oilers and the problems that they seem to definitely have in the world of goaltending. Edmonton really needs to take a long look at what the Las Vegas Golden Knights are doing and replicate or duplicate their concept. I mean, from style, plan, method, whatever words you you want to use they need to make that happen they really really do and the reason i'm saying the edmonton Oilers need to duplicate what the las vegas golden knights is doing or what the las vegas golden knights are doing is because last year they won the stanley cup with a fifth string goaltender and that seems to be the predominant problem for the edmonton oilers this season is just goaltending is non-existent. It's like nobody's claimed it. Nobody realizes that it's an important position. Something's definitely going on. They added Jeff Jackson, Connor McDavid's previous agent in the offseason. Should be a great addition to the team. Certainly a hockey man. They have Kenny Holland as GM, one of the best GMs in the NHL for the last many decades. Unfortunately, Jay Woodcroft apparently was the fall guy. And although Connor McDavid Leon Dreisaitl and many other players said he didn't lose the locker room, had no communication issues with the players. Apparently something wasn't right. Apparently the executive management saw something, a trend, a direction that they didn't like. Apparently didn't think he was the right guy for the job anymore because he's out. But it still doesn't resolve the goaltending situation. The similarities between the, the Golden Knights and the Oilers are very, very almost identical. Both teams have a couple of superstars, Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, could also say Shea Theodore in Las Vegas. You have Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and maybe you add Ryan Nugent Hopkins to that list. So the teams have the talent. They have the players with the tools. They have the players with the abilities. But Edmonton right now is just falling flat for a team that by many was considered a Stanley Cup contender, if not their year, quote unquote. They look anything but that. They look worse than any brand new expansion team has looked in the NHL. They look horrible. And Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl can only do so much. But the team that has the answers for the Edmonton Oilers in goal is the Montreal Canadiens. And for some reason, and we'll get back to this a little later in the podcast, oh my God, Montreal's carrying three goaltenders almost 20 games into the season. How can they possibly do that? Why not? They're in a rebuild. This is the time in Montreal for development and to see what skills every prospect, every player within the organization has. You're not always going to have that type of honeymoon. You're not always going to have that type of opportunity and time to be able to do things like that and evaluate. They've got it right now. So why not carry three goaltenders? It's not like somebody else is knocking at the door ready to make the roster. You don't want to rush Sean Farrell. You don't want to rush Joshua Roy. You don't want to rush William Trudeau. But we'll, again, get back to the Montreal Canadiens. Right now, this is about Edmonton. But the way that the Montreal Canadiens can help the Edmonton Oilers is either with Jake Allen, Sam Montembeau, or Caden Primo. Just depends on what Edmonton wants. Do they want the great unknown, the youngest rookie, potentially to be there the longest time and become a cornerstone? Caden Primo would be that selection, but I don't think Edmonton wants that. They want somebody a little bit more proven. So is that answer Jake Allen, who is certainly maybe not a number one goaltender, but definitely a 1A and capable of playing 30 to 35 games per season. Playoff experience, maybe he can help 
existing goaltenders on the team maybe settle down a little bit he could be a mentor if you will or do they want sam montembeau who has a very attractive contract that runs out this year at a million dollars or just under and had a better than expected season last year had a great world cup juniors this offseason but unfortunately hasn't quite looked the same at least to me in montreal some people are saying he's playing great i'm not seeing greatness in his game right now i think based on the two games that Caden Primo has finally gotten into with the Detroit Red Wings and the same Golden Knights that we're talking about from Las Vegas, I think has looked by far and put in the best goaltending performances of the season that Montreal has had. So again, at this point, I think Caden Primo is the goaltender in Montreal, and I wouldn't have said that at the beginning of the season. But I think he's the guy that should be given all the opportunity. He's the youngest. He's got the least wear and tear. He doesn't have as many injuries on his health as the other two goaltenders have. I say trade Montembeau to the Edmonton Oilers. I think he'd be a perfect fit for him right now. He's of that mid-20s age bracket. A lot of mid-20s guys in Edmonton and stuff like that. And for Sam Montembeau, although Edmonton is a Canadian city, there's just less pressure in Edmonton than there is in Montreal. Maybe that's beneficial to Sam Montembeau. Maybe not having to be the guy or most nights going, oh man, if I let in more than two goals, we're done. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl can score goals at will. So maybe that helps him confidence-wise of if he gives up a bad goal, maybe the recovery is very short-lived and doesn't take very long. But I think Montreal offers Edmonton the solution in goal to resolve their issues at this point. With the offense that the Edmonton Oilers have, they just need a average goaltender that can make that big save, not let in that weak goal every time. Part of the new coaching staff will be defenseman Paul Coffey. That should help defensively as he brings just almost an immeasurable amount of experience and championship caliber pedigree to the defense. And maybe he can finally get Darnell Nurse and everybody else to play up to expectations, which none have done yet. So the the problem on the roster, though, is goaltending, and it needs to be addressed. And Montreal is a perfect trade partner for that. Now, is Edmonton's defense good enough? If you look at the Stanley Cup champions the last couple of years, until Las Vegas won it last year, Las Vegas won it with a very formidable, tough, gritty, offensive, and basically a giant of a defense. All their defensemen are very, very large. But that being said, can play it both ways. So the jury's out on the defense in Edmonton. Maybe Paul Coffey can solidify that. Maybe he can. But if you look at the Stanley Cup winners in the last five years before Vegas won it last year, most teams have done it with really, really potent offenses. And the league has been evolving for decades now. Everything has been moving towards an offensive direction. Now, do I necessarily agree with that? No, I think a good defensive game is as entertaining as a shootout. But apparently a lot of people come to games to see more and more and as many goals as humanly possible. I don't think it's really a game at that point. I think it becomes more of a all-star skills competition at that point. And I say at that point, those fans should go to an all-star game or a skills competition because I like to see a good competitive game. And that holds true in any sport, for me at least. But back to the Montreal Canadiens. The Montreal Canadiens actually can solve the goaltending problems of several teams. And there's three teams currently with goaltending problems. It's not just Edmonton. Carolina has 
has a problem too. Carolina has lost their starting goaltender or one of their starting goaltenders. And New Jersey is still looking for a goaltender to take the reins and take over the position and retain that position as their own. So Montreal has those opportunities as well. But the whole concept of Montreal holding on to three goaltenders and how bad that is, Montreal doesn't have a Henrik Zetterberg. Montreal doesn't have a Martin Brodeur in their franchise right now. So it's not like there's a great goaltender or it's not like it's insulting a goaltender that has established themselves and is a solid career goaltender. Nobody's ran away with the position of who's going to be in charge of the goal in Montreal. So at this point, Caden Primo, to me, has made massive steps forward in the games in Detroit and Las Vegas, more so, quite honestly, since he's come out of Northeastern University. The last time I was that impressed with Caden Primo was when he played for Northeastern University before he turned pro. So that's great news for Caden Primo because a lot of people were wondering, is he ever going to get a start? If he does, what will he look like? Will he be rusty? Will he fall flat on his face? Is he even going to be an NHL caliber goaltender? Montreal just doesn't want to send him down on the waiver wire because they don't want to risk to lose him for anything. But what's he actually going to become? And he has demonstrated in Detroit and now Las Vegas, he is a very, very capable goaltender as he literally turned back 18 shots in the first period the other night against the Las Vegas Golden Knights. So he's proven he can do it. So given the situation in Montreal where there's so many rookies, I say right now, and Montembeau and Jake Allen aren't going to like this, but I say give the starts to Caden Primo. You know, don't play him 30 games in a row or something stupid, but play him five, give him a night off. Play him five, give him a night off. See how he does. And the reason I say that, and I know there's going to be some people that are going to take issue with that. They're like, oh, well, Jake Allen, though, earned it. I mean, he's the veteran. He deserves the first shot. Maybe, maybe not. He's been injured a lot. Clearly, he's proven that he has a limitation on the amount of games. As the guy to come off the bench, as the guy to fill in on occasion, as the great team, great locker room, great mentoring presence, yes, he is all of that. But his health and stamina has been questionable the last couple of years. And that's not on him. That's just an unfortunate reality of the game and the amount of years that he's been in it. In the case of Sam Maltebo, he too has shown limitations as to how many games in a row can he play. I mean, he played 39 games last year, more than that was expected, but I don't see 50 or 60 games a year in him. Now, there's a big argument going on around in the league of how while goaltending has changed, there's now you have two. You kind of have split duty, if you will. I'm curious to see how long that lasts. I still think you have to have a clear-cut number one and a very capable backup that can go in, salvage a game, replace the starter if he gets injured, replace the starter if he's having an off night, or if he's had just a run of games and is just dead exhausted and has got nothing left in the tank. But I don't know having two starters is going to fly for very long. It might be a, it's working really well right now, but in a couple of years people say, yeah, that was just kind of an experiment. That's over with now. Caden Primo's the youngest at 24. Granted, not much younger than Montembeau, but again, taller, has a bigger physical frame, should have better endurance than any of the others, and let's see if he can be your next 50-game goaltender. 
at least in the high 40s, but preferably 50, 52, 55, somewhere in there. I think the days of playing 70 plus games like Martin Brodeur did three straight seasons in a row, yeah, that might be a little excessive and a little over the top, to say the least. But expecting 50 out of a goaltender, especially if they're making anything, $5 million or more per season, kind of a basic expectation. And that's the other thing I've noticed in Montreal. There were people all this offseason of, oh, we got to give Sam Montembeau a new six-year, $6 million contract per season. No, we don't. No, not even close. At the very minimal, if Montreal doesn't trade any of these goaltenders, at the end of the year, they need to reevaluate where these players are at. They don't need to sign any of them to extensions during the season. They need to let this season play out and see what they have. They're in a critical part of their development. Now is when who's going to be the next goaltender, who's going to gel or have chemistry with the team, become a regular teammate with, fit in, all of those kinds of character issues and stuff like that and development issues. That time is now. Or they need to be able to draft a stud goaltending prospect in the high first round that can walk right in next year. Because Caden Primo is about the most exciting news the Montreal Canadiens have in their goaltending organization prospect-wise right now. Jakob Dabish clearly is going to take some time to develop, which should be expected. Any of the other prospects, really, from Quentin Miller to Evgeny Volokov to Jacob Fowler, they're in college. They're in juniors. They're in the Russian League. Okay, they're going to take time. And if anybody thinks, you know, let's say Jacob Fowler has an amazing year at Boston College this year. Oh, yeah, he should come out of college this year and sign with Montreal next year. No, let him finish his four years. Let him develop in a fantastic top end, always, always contending team and gain that experience. And all the championships, the tournaments, everything that he can. That way he's as well prepared and everybody isn't critiquing the death or finding faults or anything else. And he can come in with as much momentum and success as humanly possible. Now, staying with the Montreal Canadiens, there's another evolving story that just kind of concerning as to, oh my God, we got to find the right winger for the Nick Suzuki line. You have it, but it's not Josh Anderson. And surprisingly, it's not Alex Newhook. Alex Newhook clearly looked at his best as the right winger on Kirby Doc and Yaroslavkowski's line. Unfortunately, as we've already talked about in the past, Doc's injured and is gone for the year. So the development of Alex Newhook changed drastically for this season and Alex Newhook clearly is not a center I know some people have said oh no he's looked really good he's he's looked good in that game he he really made a difference he's had his moments but he is clearly an NHL right winger not a center Colorado was right in that evaluation but Colorado was wrong in the fact of letting him go because he's going to be a really really good right winger with Doc and Slavkowski. I would have thought he would have been the great right winger too for the Suzuki line. I'm not so sure he is because of prospect Joshua Roy. And Joshua Roy, I think, has the perfect combination and skills for the Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield line. I think Alex Newhook is smart. I think he's a good two-way forward. He has defensive tenacity. He has great skating skills. Would have no problem keeping up with those guys. But he just looks best with Doc and Slavkowski. And I think Joshua Roy is going to be phenomenal for Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. And one of the reasons I say that is if you look at the World Juniors last year, Joshua Roy was considered a extra on the roster and settled in very nicely with Connor Bedard. 
on the number one line and didn't even look out of place. And I think he is exactly what Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield need as their right winger. And if anybody goes, oh my God, it's too early to bring him up, it's too early to bring him up. How much time did Cole Caulfield spend in the AHL? Not much. The majority of the time he spent in Laval was because Claude Julien didn't know how to use him effectively as a player. He didn't fit Claude Julien's system. Claude Julien was a very, very heavily preferred towards, I love veteran players. I'm not comfortable with rookies. I don't trust them. So Cole Caulfield suffered under that. But that wasn't Cole Caulfield's fault. As everybody saw when Martin St. Louis became coach, suddenly there was like a total revival in Cole Caulfield's game because he was used effectively put with the line mates and this talent level that he should be skating with and Joshua Roy fits that perfectly and if you're going to bring up Joshua Roy you put him on the number one or number two line so he gets minutes if you're going to bring him up and put him on a well third or fourth line and we'll give him six or seven minutes a game I totally agree with the people that say don't bring him up absolutely not that is not what he needs he needs to play a ton of minutes or the other person that supposedly has a really good shot supposedly has a really accurate shot and blinding speed and can skate is Jesse Yolanin give him a shot on the top line his talents seem to be wasted on the fourth line and his teammates on the fourth line think of him very highly and are amazed at his skills why he's on the fourth line is a really really interesting question that's been in the back of my mind let's see if he can play with Caulfield and Suzuki you got nothing to lose I know some people are like well Jesse Yolanin is more like an Arturi Lekkinen he's a defensive player I don't think so I think he's got more upside than Lekkinen had much more and I think he's got a cannon for a shot I think he has deadly accuracy he might be an answer as well so if you don't want to bring up Roy and play him the amount of minutes that he would need to develop, then let's try Jesse Ulenin. But Alex Newhook definitely looks better with Kirby Doc and Yuri Slavkovsky. And a very good surprise has been the return of Christian Dvorak has seemed to patched or at least become a band-aid for Yuri Slavkovsky, who's very comfortable playing with him, and Alex Newhook. So leave that line alone and give Dvorak maybe a promotion coming back off of his injury and see whether he scores or not is irrelevant. If he can just be the center that can win the faceoff and get to the puck and get that puck to Slavkowski or Newhook, good enough. Right now, that works, and that's what needs to be done for the development of Newhook and Slavkowski. And in the process, maybe you increase the value or versatility of Christian Dvorak, so come trade deadline, you can get back to a first-round compensation for him rather than a second or third choice, which is where he's been at probably the last 14 or 15 months. Now, one player I haven't mentioned is Josh Anderson. And... Josh Anderson gets an A this year for effort. He has been involved in every game. There's no lack of effort on his part. He's just been offensively snake-bitten. That guy can't buy a goal right now for whatever reason. Now, some people will say, oh, the goals are coming. They'll they'll get there eventually. He's got to be frustrated and beyond. That being said, though, it's been really, really pleasant to see him involved in the physical aspect of the game, been involved in the transition part of the game, engaged with his teammates, not kind of aloof and just looking lost on the ice like he has in the past. That's been very, very pleasant to see. The injuries to David Savard and Chris Weidman has provided an opportunity for Justin 
Justin Baron. But Justin Baron is still inconsistent. He has some games you're like, wow, that's going to be a player that's going to be hard to find a roster spot for with all the talent coming, but we've got to figure out a way to keep him because he's just really good. And then there's other nights he just does not look comfortable, isn't playing on the right defensive pairing. Something is just really inconsistent in his game. And unfortunately also a fan favorite Rafael Harvey Pinard has not had the year a lot of people were anticipating because he was on a 34 goal plus rate last year and came out of nowhere. Unfortunately, he is just not found or been in sync with any of his linemates this year. He just doesn't look comfortable. And I'm not sure what the change is there. Maybe he needs to be the left winger on Brendan Gallagher's line. Maybe he needs to switch places with Jesse Yohanan and drop to the fourth line where there's less pressure, less minutes, and maybe have a better opportunity with less of the opposition's top talent on the ice at that time. Not sure what his issues are, but something's going to have to change or he's going to get lost in the shuffle. Well, hey, that does it for episode 76 of the hockey free-for-all podcast i am your host steven styles thanks again as always for tuning in and we'll be back with episode 77 soon